the story of a boy who dreamed of becoming a man, but dreamed up a monster instead. It has hunted you since the summer of 1994, back when we confessed who we were through mixtapes, when every movie at the video store had dirty heads. You were 13 and thought you knew who you were, only the shadow with too many teeth knew you better. It still does, and it won't stop, not until you come home, back to where it all began. Part cosmic horror, part coming-of-age story, Dirty Heads is a terrifying read from the author of House of Size, The Fallen Boys, and A Place for Sinners. Out now. Starting Saturday, 11th of September, Season 2 of Author Question Time on Ross Jeffrey's YouTube channel. Join Bram Stoker Award-nominated author Ross Jeffrey alongside co-hosts T.C. Parker and Kev Harrison as they discuss books, writing and creativity with huge names in horror and dark fiction like Josh Malaman and Alan Baxter, alongside some of the most exciting new voices on the indie scene such as Eric LaRocca, Hayley Piper and Laurel Hightower. Come, bring your questions, join in the conversation. Looking for your next horror writing podcast fix? The This Is Horror podcast for readers, writers, and creators is the ultimate show for writing advice, tips, and a personal look into the lives of all your favorite authors. This is Horror Podcast. Listen in to long-form conversations with some of the best writers and creatives on the planet. Over 400 episodes with masters of horror such as Joe R. Lansdale, Chuck Palahniuk, Josh Mallerman, Joe Hill, Charlene Harris, Craig Clevenger, Ellen Datlow, Kathy Koja, and many more. The This Is Horror Podcast. Listen in at www.thisishorror.com. That's the This Is Horror Podcast for readers, writers, and creators. Welcome to Dead Headspace Spotlights. This is a part of Silver Shamrock's Horrorcast. Uh, also on that is Killing Time with Silver Shamrock and Unbearing the Dead, where we exhume classic horror paperbacks for the new generation. My name is Patrick R. McDonough, joined always by my co-host, Brennan LaFaro. Say hi, Brennan. Hello, everybody. Sorry, I don't know man. It sounded on. like I'm you forgot my name for a minute there. <laughs> And today we're joined by the guy that we keep mentioning in all the episodes, uh, Michael David Wilson. Say hello, sir. Hello, sir. Yes. Say hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. Oh, man. He's falling on Chuck Palahniuk. So, Michael, we usually talk about this in the main episodes, but why don't you tell us about the uh, service that you're offering to whomever wants to take you up on it? Yeah, so at the moment, I'm offering freelance editing and writing consultations. So there's a couple of different packages. And so one of them is a story overview. And then 
if you get that, you will get a document talking about the pacing, the story structure, the dialogue, some market recommendations. So all manner of categories and there will be commentary on your work. And these are pretty substantial reports as well. It's not just like a few lines on each thing. I mean, we're talking you know, thousands of words in each of these documents. So I will meticulously look through your story and offer you some advice. And then the higher end is it's like the full in-depth edit. So not only are you going to get the report on the story, but I've gone through it line by line, giving you a structural edit and a copy edit in one. So those are the services. There's more information at michaeldavidwilson.co.uk. So check it out, see if it's a good fit for you, and then get in contact. Thank you, sir. And I forgot to mention in the beginning that he is the founder and one of the hosts of This Is Har. Um, we've talked about that when you first came on. Is there anything that you want to mention since last year to just kind of hit some bullet points for anyone that may not listen? By the way, if you're listening to this, you uh, might not. I don't. I forget. I don't think we run ads for the mini episodes. So full episodes, you probably heard the This Is Har ad. Um, that is. Bob Pastorella doing the voiceover. So anything that you want to say about your show? Well, I mean, we have over 400 episodes. And last time I was on, we had over 300. So even if you're not Paul Tremblay, you can work out that that's another 100 episodes or so in the bag. Uh, You don't have to be a mathematician to work that one out. But Mm -hmm. we put out, I mean, weekly episodes. We also run the... This is Horror Awards show. So we've been doing the This is Horror Awards for about a decade now. But in the last couple of years, we were like, well, we're going to talk with each of the winners so that it has more of that kind of ceremonial feel to it. And you can also support us on Patreon. I know you didn't specifically say plug the Patreon, but motherfucker got to take a chance. So (laughs) patreon.com forward slash this is horror. And you get early bird access to each episode. You get to submit questions to the interviewees. You get Story Unboxed, the horror podcast on the craft of writing. So if you want that kind of MFA feel, which is how Stephen Graham Jones described it, then perhaps Story Unboxed will be the podcast for you as well. And in terms of who we've had on since uh, we last had the conversation, well, as you can tell, quite a lot of people. But we spoke to Jeffrey Reddick, who's the creator of Final Destination. We spoke to Craig Clevenger. We had pretty much a Resident Evil special with Anthony Johnston, who was the lead writer for Resident Evil Village. There's also an episode back in the archives where we're talking to him about Dead Space. So this this dude is writing a lot of the great kind of horror video games. Uh, we've also spoken with Sarah Pinbra, Richard Chismar, who has also recently on your show. 
Um, she'd probably stop it there or it's going to turn a little bit into the This Is Horror podcast advert that we run on your show. It's like with guests like Charlene Harris, Jack Paulinick, Josh Malaman, Kathy Coach. Are you ever going to shut the fuck up, Bob? <laughs> like that we do name a lot of people. But yeah, had a lot think, of these conversations. Yeah, I've listened to a lot of those episodes. I really enjoy it. Uh, I think it's funny that whenever I'm editing the episodes and I hear because I listen to the ads um, to almost every time. I mean, they don't change, so I don't listen to them every time. Yeah, I mean, but... they're timeless. You might as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I always listen to how Bob says, uh, man, I don't know how it phrases it, but something to the effect of this is like the ultimate podcast to listen to things of the same nature of that we cover. And then it jumps into our theme song. I'm like, I wonder if that's like weird for anyone listening to that, that they're like, is this competition? I, I don't see it that way. I know you guys don't, but that always crosses my mind and it kind of makes me laugh every time. Yeah, it's kind of like, as I've said to you before, right, in, in the noughties when WCW and the WWE had their <laughs> wars, it's like we're invading your fucking show. <laughs> Here we are, the NWO have turned up. <laughs> so, Brennan, well, I'm clogging here. Why don't you take over, man? Uh, no, first of all, I want to congratulate you on making it look like you were poking fun at, uh, you know, sounding like an advertisement and managing to drop three or four more names that people could <laughs> check out on your show. Uh, subtle, but I got gotcha. you. Um, <laughs> if you didn't mention the Patreon, I was going to. Um, I've been... Uh, Patreon subscriber since, you know, the first time I listened probably two, three years ago. Uh, and it's it's well worth that little monthly deduction. I would definitely recommend that people check that out. Um, you know, you, you listed stuff that they get, all the extras behind the scenes. Plus, I mean, just the early access is so worth it. Um, so as far as what's coming up for This Is Horror, is there anybody that you can, that we can look out for in uh, upcoming episodes pretty soon here? I mean, soon, well, we, we've recorded a conversation with Cassandra Kaur, so that will be coming out imminently. And then, depending when this goes live, there's the second part with Catherine M. Valente. And we've then got future conversations with Mike Thorne and Alex E. Harrow and Richard Kadri. So those are the ones that are coming up very soon. But there's a whole load of other people that we're talking to and we're trying to nail dates down. So that there's a lot coming up in the future. And we said when we hit the 400th episode that with the exception of five repeat guests, we would make sure that anyone else we had on was all kind of original and new to this Sahara because we want to make sure that things are, are fresh and we're not getting complacent or we're not just getting the same people on again and again. And we also said that we'll be focusing a little more on film as well and interviewing people in different creative industries within horror. So a lot of exciting things coming up, but I mean, I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. And we do have a a few returning guests that we've we've kind of got uh, earmarked, as it were, for the five. Now, 
Anthony Johnston was one of the five, mostly because I'm such a big Resident Evil fan. It's like, if there's an excuse to just, you know, oh, you have to play Resident Evil Village to prepare, and then you can speak about Resi for a couple of hours. Like, oh, no, what a hardship. I'll <laughs> go on, then I'll do it. So, yeah. Your episode comes out November 4th. That's the same day that we are recording an episode with uh, Jordan Harper. And we could say that because, uh, you know, when this comes out, that night we'll be recording with him. Jordan uh, was a writer on Gotham, a uh, bunch of other shows. But he's in the writing world, in the book world, he's probably most well known for She Rides Shotgun, which we found out through S.A. Cosby. That is a... That's the book that did it for him. That was a game changer. That's the that's the book that without that, there's probably no blacktop wasteland. Um, so I don't know what we're gonna talk about. It hasn't happened yet. I'm really interested though to see yeah. what we'll say. Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll talk about she rides shotgun and Gotham. So that's a little preview for people. <laughs> you are a fucking genius, Brennan. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a great answer as far as what's coming up next. I like that kind of uh, well-rounded approach. And, you know, I, I know I'm excited about a lot of that stuff. And I think a lot of our listeners will be excited to check it out, too. So, Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be reading tonight? So I'm going to be reading the short story Teka Teka Teka, which originally there was an audio version on the other stories podcast. And then... I expanded it for Places We Fear to Tread, which is a fantastic anthology that focuses on folklore and folk tales. And indeed, if you're watching the video version, Brennan is literally holding it now, or was literally holding it when I started that sentence. But, you know, I speak slowly, he holds quickly. So it's gone. It's not on the screen anymore. But I have adapted the original story that I put out on the other stories specifically for this reading for Dead Headspace. So yeah, I guess there's three versions. You're going to hear one of them on this podcast and you can read Places We Fear to Tread for the longest of the versions. Who, um, what's her name again? Who did the cover? Because that cover, it's really great. Oh, that was uh, Cameron and Ulam. That's it. I knew Brennan would know. You're so smart. I'm so glad that <laughs> Brennan jumped in for that. I knew he thinking. was, uh, you know, I was kind of asking him because I knew he'd know, but I can't wait to hear this, man. Good, good. And I mean, for people watching the video, like I've got no poker face when you were like, who did the cover art? I'm like, what? This was not. See, I was going to let you get away with that for uh, for people who are just, you know, listening on the audio. They have no idea that the unflappable Michael David Wilson just completely lost it there. Yeah. That sounds like the awesome wrestler named the unflappable Michael David Wilson. I know, sounds like a jobber to me. <laughs> I'd prefer a better yeah. name than that, Patrick. <laughs> unflappable. Oh, he comes fucking flappy. What a dickhead. No, it's not going to work. <laughs> I reject it. Uh, <laughs> or I'm going to go by spoke. my regular Michael David Wilson name than the unflappable. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and read your uh, story there. Teka, teka, teka. I like that. Right. Maybe I will. Okay, I hope so. Yeah, I will. <laughs> 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 okay, here we go. 
Teka 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 by Michael David Wilson. Narrated by Michael David Wilson. The train screamed down the tracks and into the distance. Teka Teka Teka. Kenichi left the station clutching a paper bag and thinking about the burger inside. Thick cut beef, slices of crispy lettuce, mayonnaise and teriyaki sauce. God damn it was going to hit the right spot. Especially after the day he'd had, Mr. Fucking Tanaka forcing him to stay late. He stopped at the level crossing, flashing lights painting Kenichi red. The train shrieked louder than the last, though not as loud as the mornings which had been delayed due to a personal accident. Personal accident meant suicide. Kenichi hadn't seen the incident, but he'd witnessed the aftermath. At least the train went quick enough to kill the person on the spot. A small mercy. Kenichi had read about botched suicides and lifelong injuries. He'd also read about people standing too close to the platform edge and slipping off. In one case, the train had cut the victim clean in half at the torso. The red lights receded, the barrier rose, and Kenichi continued his walk home. As he rounded the corner to his apartment block, he saw Shota slumped against the wall, smoking a cigarette. Kenichi lowered his head. Kenichi! Kenichi pulled his keys from his pocket. Shota stubbed his cigarette out and shuffled nearer, resting his hand against Kenichi's front door. Shota nodded at the bag. Freshness burger's better. Or Burger King. Even McDonald's. Why do you buy Moss Burger? Kenichi wasn't justifying his burger preferences to the local slouch. He unlocked the door. Shota stood in the way. Could I? You can't go in there. What are you talking about? It's my apartment. Not tonight. Please get out of the way. The burger's going cold. Never heard of a microwave? I don't have time for this. Kenichi moved Shota's hand from the door, but Shota slammed it straight back. Move! This is practically harassment. Harassment? Ha! <laughs> That's a good one. I'm trying to save your life, dude. How drunk are you? No more than usual. But listen, you ever get bored of it all? Getting up before sunrise to work for a boss who doesn't give a shit? To do work you don't give a shit about? To return home to an apartment that's a whole lot shittier than you imagined? Let's face it, this was never the life you wanted. This wasn't your dream, man. The apartment's not so bad. Not so good either. Point is, you should take a break. Stay in a hotel for a night. Treat yourself. Staying in a hotel is such a wonderful experience. The fresh sheets, the room service, the lack of responsibilities. Like you know anything about responsibilities. You don't even have a job. Oh yeah? Then how'd I pay the rent? I honestly don't know. Anyway, about that hotel. Shota, even if I wanted to go to a hotel, which I don't, there aren't any nearby. Not true. There are free love hotels in walking distance. And who would I go to a love hotel with? You don't have to go with anyone. It might be called a love hotel, but they're not going to call the cops if you don't make love. As long as you have the money, they don't give a shit what you do. Trust me. 
Well, I don't have the money. I can't afford that kind of thing. Please, Amazon parcels arrive for you nearly every day. You have money. Why are you snooping, watching what's delivered to my house? What's wrong with you? I keep track of things. Now, why are there so many parcels? Just order everything at once like a normal human being. Kenichi opened his apartment door. Shota pushed it shut. Shota, you need to lay off the booze. Be grateful I drink as much as I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't have the confidence to approach you like this. Like I already said, I'm saving your life. Where's my thank you? You're such a waster. Fine, go inside, die. See if I care. Sort yourself out, Shota. There he goes, everyone, marching to his death. Kenichi turned back to Shota. I'm not sure why I'm entertaining you, but go on. Why will I die? It's the 2nd of February. So? So, every time someone spends a night in that apartment on the 2nd of February, they wind up dead. That's ridiculous. It's happened for years. Bullshit. If it was true, I'd already be dead. I've lived here over a year. You moved in on the 8th of December 2017, and on the 2nd of February last year, you were away. I should get a restraining order. The way you watch me, it's not normal. You're not normal. I'm a concerned neighbor. Is this why the last tenant moved out, or you're prying? Nah, they died. I tried to help, but like you, they wouldn't listen. You try to help everyone who lives here? Most people, not everyone. There was this one guy, Hiroki, who was always moaning. I couldn't stand it. I let him die. I see. So I take it you're off to a love hotel tonight? No need. It's only your apartment with the problem. Yeah, right. What else do you know? Something about a red room? A red room? That's right. Listen, I'll swing by in the morning. Then you'll know all those deaths were nothing more than coincidences. It was nice knowing you. Wait! At least sprinkle some salt outside your apartment. Maybe it'll ward her off. Who's her? The demon, the evil, the whatever's cursed the apartment. Good night, Shota. It was cold inside. Kenichi headed into the living area, placing the burger bag on the table and turning the heating on. At least he could finally eat. A loud knock at the door. What now? Shota again. Listen, Kenichi, friend, I'm not sure if I made myself clear. You will die if you stay here. You definitely made yourself clear. Please leave me be. Are you suicidal? No. But you hate life. I hate days like today when no one gives me a minute's peace. First Tanaka, now you. Tell me about Tanaka. I'm not telling you about my problems. I just want to get on with my evening. You'll feel better if you do. <sighs> Fine. He singled me out in front of everyone, forced me to do overtime because I didn't meet a bunch of unreasonably high sales targets. Hours upon hours of the most pointless admin. The guy's a sadist. I half expected him to delete the files as soon as the shift ended. Should have told him to shove it. Don't you think I know that? Don't you think I chastised myself for not standing up to him? 
for letting the power-hungry bastard shit all over me. I hate it. I hate him. And sometimes I hate myself. Wow. You really do want to die. Should have definitely told him to shove it. And then what? Stay at home and bum around like you. I always have a smile on my face. You're lazy. I'm a free spirit. If you finished early, you could play video games. Perhaps then you wouldn't be so uptight. I'm not uptight. All this tension and hatred because someone asked you to work late and you didn't have the balls to say no. Asshole. That's what you should have said to him. Where was this passion, this energy? Shelter, I have food to eat. Kanichi closed the door. Don't forget the salt, Shota called from outside. And if you know what's good for you, you'll leave. Kanichi stomped into the living room, took the food from the bag, unwrapping the burger and biting into it. Ugh, cold. He turned the television on. A police officer used a high-powered saw to cut through a metal shutter to get into a hostess bar. The bar was open after licensed hours, and rather than having a quiet word with the owner, the police decided the old saw-your-way-in-and-enter-dramatically routine was a better use of time and resources. Kenichi changed the channel. This time, the police were arresting a famous model because they discovered a single MDMA tablet in her apartment. Glad they've locked up that monster but let all the rapists and molesters off the hook. Helps me sleep at night. Shota, how do you get in? Through the window and down the ladder. Are you serious? Nah, door was unlocked. He walked to the table and plucked a couple of fries from the packet. Cold. Get out! Shota eyed the burger. Don't even think about it. I had a bad feeling, so see a therapist. You haven't put any salt out, and you're not going to. You haven't left for a hotel, and you're not going to. You're not taking any of this seriously. Kanichi raised an eyebrow. The hell was he supposed to say to that? Shota walked into the kitchen, opening cupboards. Where's the salt? Kanichi grabbed Shota by the shoulder. Come on, out you go. He pushed Shota out of the apartment. Listen, I didn't tell you everything. There was this woman. Something awful happened. Shota, I don't want to hear it. You can't stay here. You're making a terrible mistake. With Shota gone, Kenichi locked all the doors and windows. Satisfied Shota couldn't get in, Kenichi finished his burger and fries. Now cold and soggy. Kenichi had trouble falling asleep as he replayed his encounter with Shota, thinking about the different ways he should have told him to fuck off. But there was another voice. What if he's right? Kenichi doubted it, wasn't sure Shota had ever been right about anything. But would it hurt if he sprinkled salt? He wasn't leaving the apartment. No way. But salt he could do. Kenichi got out of bed grabbed some salt and headed outside. He sprinkled it around the entrance, half expecting Shota to jump out and mock him. It was a joke, dumbass. Can't believe you're actually doing it. But Shota did not appear. As Kanichi was heading inside, he noticed a mark on his front door, a thick red cross. Shota, you asshole. 
Kenichi had a good mind to bang on Shiota's door and demand he cleaned the shit up right away. But for the sake of his other neighbours, he returned inside. In the living area, Kenichi simmered with rage, knuckles shaking, heart pounding. The apartment lights flickered and he cursed them too. This wasn't the first time Shota had pulled a prank on him, but it would be the last. Perhaps he should call the police, have Shota's dumb ass arrested. Kenichi turned the television on and made a drink. He wasn't sleeping in this state. With a mug of tea in hand, he channel hopped. Nothing but crap. Perhaps Shota was right. He should buy a video games console. Kenichi loaded up Amazon, added a PS4 to his basket and searched for biohazard. Problem was, there were several biohazards, each with multiple additions. As Kenichi fretted over what to buy, the television and light shut off, plunging the apartment into darkness. Just his luck. Damn power cut. Kenichi felt his way down the corridor to the fuse box, but before he'd got that far, the power returned. His phone rang. He took it from his pocket. Hello? Do you like the red room? Huh? The call disconnected. The television turned on. The same message upon the screen. Do you like the red room? His phone lit up, flooded with identical notifications. Do you like the red room? Do you like the red room? Do you like the red room? Kenichi threw the phone. He didn't give a shit how late it was. He'd march around Shota's there and then and tear him a new one. Vandalizing his door was one thing, breaking into his apartment another, but this was fucking insane. He unlatched the front door, fumbled with the lock, tried turning it counterclockwise again and again, but it wouldn't budge. Fuck! He'd go out the back, past the washing line, and hop over the fence. Tick -tick -tick. The sound came from behind. He raced into the living room. The lights turned red. Then he saw her back to him, knelt down in front of the sliding doors. Long black hair hung past her waist. She clutched something in her right hand. Who are you? Kenichi asked. As she turned, he saw she wasn't leaning. Couldn't have been because she had no knees, had no fucking lower body, just an upper torso cut clean at the waist. Light glinted on the blade. She opened her mouth, tacker, 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 and swung the scythe. That's my that reason. <laughs> that was great. Sorry, man. You're really the character. Yeah, that was fun as hell, Michael. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I nearly started laughing when I uh, improv threw my phone because I was like, uh, <laughs> "Hope I don't break that thing." I do <laughs> it like felt the, right. Like I, yeah. I kind of threw it in a really light-hearted way, and it's like, "Is this some Tim and Eric adult swim shit?" <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That was not not for nothing, but that was the most fun that we've had so far in reading. There's been some good reasons, but that was a fun one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> your facial your facial expressions too are just fantastic. Yeah, well, we gotta we gotta give something for the people on YouTube who watch the video version. <laughs> so if you're just listening to the audio, you can check that out too. 
and completely free. So subscribe. 100% more facial expressions. <laughs> there you go. All right, take us away, bud. So, Michael, is there anything you got coming down the pipeline that you want to let people know before we uh, log off? So, at the moment, I'm working on House of Bad Memories. It was originally a novella, but I've expanded it into a novel, and even a novel by Patrick's definition, which is not the correct definition of a novel. So, it's nearly 70,000 words. Now, would you agree Patrick, that that that's a motherfucking novel right there. That's a decent sized novel. There you go. So that that is something I'm working on. It will be going to beta readers imminently, and I would certainly hope that it will be out sometime next year. So I'm discussing where I can land it with there's a publisher, and I'll talk to my agent, and we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. But I'm pretty excited about that one. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah. you know, um, you know what we want to say about that. Let us know as soon as it's ready to uh, read so we can talk yeah. about it on the show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, guys, do you have any final thoughts? Michael? Any final thoughts? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a, a great question to end your show with. And All right, so- everybody. Have a good night. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that is a... That is a thought for Patrick, not specifically. That's not my final thought, but listeners, wow. Big heel turn there. Um, Seriously, though, any final thoughts? You know, I would say that this year has been difficult for a number of people, both personally, professionally, and with all the things globally going on at the moment. And, I mean, I often you know, turn to different philosophers like Alan Watts to try and get some comfort in terms of what can be done. And I think something that I come back to a lot is that you cannot control what is externally going on. You can only control your internal reaction to it and you can only control, you know, your actions and what you're doing. So, I mean, If you lead with that when you're going through a hard time, then I think it's going to serve you well. And remember, as John Lennon said, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. But this is the end of this episode of Dead Headspace. So we'll catch you in the next one, or Patrick and Brennan will. I won't be there, but I'll be back. Have a great, great day. You are now leaving. Deadhead space. That's how we end it. <laughs> with the hijacking? <laughs> you sign up. It's a really good final thought, man. Most people, most people, you know, don't, hey, don't forget about my book, um, which, you know, legit, I, I would do the same, but uh, that was that was nice. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like talking. I guess to I missed an opportunity to be like, by the girl in the video and they're watching. <laughs> but, Those are great books. Yeah. But it's oh, too well. late now. No, well, not, yeah, I'll go I mean, on the outtakes. <laughs> I, I, I don't, rather than point people towards my books, I'd point people to look within and to feel good and to 
try not to worry too much about, you know, awful things happening to them. So there you go. For once, didn't take <laughs> the self-obsessed route. That was very Don't sweet. worry about awful things happening to you. Now go buy this book about awful things happening to people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how do you spell Tekka? T E. Oh, and Brennan. Brennan wants to take. Oh, I got really excited because I, uh, I I never knew how what that was supposed to be. If it was Tekka, or I didn't know why it would be Teak, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I can see if if you're pronouncing it in English, you're probably gonna think Teak, but you know, ph- phonetically and with the hiragana in Japanese, it would be Tekka. So, yeah. Anyway, T E K E. I just realized we haven't even answered the question. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Um, the part where do we just fucking stare at each other now? <laughs> I'm comfortable with that. I can spend a few minutes just gazing at a couple of men. <laughs> if Michael and uh, my. <laughs> Michael, my screen switched. Would you know which one was your co-host, Brennan? What? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Michael was not wearing a homemade tie-dyed shirt, so yeah, I'd be okay. That's for my mother-in-law, you jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Is it homemade? Yeah. So, what's the lie? It's homemade. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's all I got, fellas. (laughs) All right, well... Have a good rest of your evening. Yeah. Thanks have you for that. got another have you got another podcast that you're recording now? No. Um we're gonna be talking with Ken McKinley about like podcast stuff. I I, I don't know when. He he tends to not <laughs> reply to us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Good to know. Yeah, man. Thank you, yes. Michael. Yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> My name is Patrick R. McDonough, your host. Joined with me, Brennan R. Try again. <laughs> I got Word soup. Try again. <laughs> Word soup. Uh, sorry, I can't. Michael, God damn it! You make me have the giggles sometimes. <laughs> Just my face, like my my cheeky little face in your screen, making yeah. you laugh.